Hello and welcome to The Download. I'm your host, Dave Richardson, and it is Stewsdays. Very special Stewsdays today. I'm in, uh, I'm in Europe, Stu. I mean, I'm in Sardinia. What do you think of that? You ever been to Sardinia? Uh, no, I've never had a plate of Sardinias, no. No, 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 no. It's, <laughs> it's an island off the coast of Italy. It's beautiful. It's very, very tranquil, peaceful. It's, uh, it's, it's, it's fabulous. Off, kind of a little bit off the beaten track. I think you'd, uh, you, you'd like it. I bet it's spectacular, Dave. It, it, it is. I think we See should the... do a live one. We should do a live one. Well, if, if, if you want to hop on a plane and fly over, we can, we can do it side by side instead of uh, remote like this. But you, you were away too, right? Did you, were you away somewhere over the last couple of weeks? I, I was in Italy too, actually. I was in Sicily. So we've got all the uh, oh. S's covered and uh, also beautiful. The, oh yeah, Sicily's fantastic. Did you, uh, where, where'd you go in Sicily? Uh, we were in the, the south and then we were up by Mount Etna. So it was fantastic. Oh, that's, did you climb Mount Etna? Uh, we didn't, uh, but we looked at it. Yeah, it, it's, it's, uh, it, it is nice. You should yeah. try to climb, but, uh, you know, I'm, I'm a bit of an athlete, as you, you probably know. <laughs> so, so. <laughs> well, that's, uh, so, so that's, uh, so great. The, the, the Italian travel, you got any thoughts on the Italian, uh, Italian stock market and bond market right now? Uh, no, no good ones, actually. Uh, I, I, I was a fan of some of the Italian wine markets. Oh. And, um, and coffee markets, which I know you like, uh, but, uh, yeah, I loved it. They call Etna wines, the uh, Burgundy of Italy. There you, you go. know that, eh? There you go. So you were in the right spot. So, uh, so let let let's uh, let let's come back to uh, to 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 our the Canadian stock markets because Stu, as we always, we should sometimes remind people, is the co-head of North American Equities at RBC Global Asset Management, and and Stu, we were just chatting before we we, we started taping, and and I, I wish we sometimes would record these conversations because they might be more interesting than some of the conversations we actually have once we start taping. Uh, but 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 you were talking about just some some of the experiences you've had as a, as an investor and a longtime professional investor investment manager uh, that 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 really point to why you have you you take a longer term view as you're making investments and you know out of the gate sometimes the investment you make is is doesn't necessarily work immediately but but. There's reasons to stick with it. You stick with it, and it wins. So, so what, what were you what were you talking about in in, in that respect? Well, I, I think it's interesting in this in this environment where, you know, like when I you know when we talked about this before, but when I started in the business, like one of the senior people would say, you know, like when the market's time horizon shortens, you need to lengthen yours, and when the market's time horizon lengthens, you need to shorten yours, right? And it's another way of of saying that, you know, when people are really optimistic about the future. There's likely to be some bumps in the near term that that delay that, and you know when people get very focused on the here and now, often there's you know that ability for what we call time arbitrage, which is you know looking for financial results that may take 18 months or 24 months to present themselves, and it can be bumpy for a period of time, but then when those results present themselves, the stock market rewards them in a hurry, and in this environment where you know economies are slowing. Um, you know, I don't, you know, you've had Eric on and, and the economists, what have you. So, you know, economies are, are, are slowing, uh, earnings have some headwinds. You know, you think about, you know, the revenue environment being a little bit more challenging. You think about the cost structure of business where whether or not it's labor or the interest expense or taxes, everyone wants a little bit more piece of the pie. So it's a little bit harder uh, to come by. 
Um, you know, we do get some uh, dislocation uh, in some stock prices as as people focus in on you know some of the very current challenges. And meanwhile, you know, management's in the background uh, working away on our behalf to solve many of those challenges. And um, and when those challenges get solved and the old earnings power of the business represents itself, the share price reaction can be you know quite swift and quite significant sometimes. So. You know, we've seen it in, we've seen it in, uh, you know, we've talked a lot about old stable businesses. Sometimes those old stable businesses uh, get down, headed down the wrong track and the stock market prices them as if the current misadventure will continue forever. And you have to be careful that it's not like a newspaper stock or something where it's a long, you know, headwind to the revenue of the business for some time. But quite often in those situations, just by stopping that activity, the old business power uh, can can shine through, and we call these self-help stories. Um, sometimes it takes new management. Sometimes it takes an investor to point these things out to the board and to current management. But once they set off to you know kind of eliminate that activity that is bothering uh, the stock market, it can take a bit of time. But as they demonstrate that, the share price reaction can be you know quite significant. And it, it happens in old businesses. It happens in new businesses. Uh, you know, last week, uh, you know, Shopify, which, uh, you know, a, a very good Canadian company uh, announced that they were going to stop uh, doing uh, some of the logistics businesses that were maybe going to cost them a lot of money and had some uncertainty around them. And the share price reaction was very significant as people took that risk away from the stock market. So, you know, this notion that when you price a stock, you have a set of cash flows and you have some you know, risk identified with them. But you also have a bunch of negative options and a bunch of positive options. And if negative options get taken off the table, that can be positive for the share price. And, um, you know, as investors, as we look out in this environment, which is a little bit more challenging, we, you know, we're more likely to have valuation that, you know, kind of is the status quo rather than, you know, kind of the big increases in valuation that we've seen in the past. So, you know, we're always looking for businesses that are paying us dividends and growing those dividends, of course, over time. But if we can find some of those businesses that might be mispriced because of a worry that could go away, that can certainly be additive uh, to portfolio returns over time. And, uh, you know, the team is, you know, we call them the self-help bucket. We're always looking to to fill our self-help bucket in the portfolio. Um, and there's a lot of big businesses that, you um, that uh, you know, kind of fall into that mix right now. Yeah, and 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 you know, as, as you highlighted through that, the, the, these are not businesses that are in long-term decline. These are businesses that you know, they're established and they have a very bright future, just not in the immediate future, and and thus may have pulled back or and even pulled back significantly. And I and I thought you made an interesting comment when we were talking earlier, just just about the fact that you're you're not perfect. That there's there's times where you're in a company, uh, and the first move in the stock price is actually down, uh, but that that creates a, a different strategy and approach that you can use as long as again your initial research and forecast and analysis suggests that that recovery is going to come. Maybe maybe you could you could share that with the listeners. Well, I think it's you know, and, and uh, <laughs> not to get back to our favorite topic of dollar cost averaging, but. <laughs> You know, one of these, you know, when you when you find these situations, uh, again, you know, going back, like I used to work for a woman, uh, you know, who said, you know, kind of you need to hear bad news three times for it to be in the stock. So, 
you know, once you hear it once, uh, you know, you probably get the lion's share of the down move. But, um, you know, as the market kind of digests it, you'll 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 bounce around a little bit. And sometimes, you know, you buy a stock and it goes down another five or 10 percent, even though, you know, that there's a reasonable likelihood of a very strong return over a couple of years. And that that process can you know be daunting a little bit because you buy a stock and then it's down more and you're like, oh, boy, am I missing something? But <laughs> yeah. if you're kind of dollar cost averaging your way in, you're able to use that additional weakness and um, and build a position. And then, you know, we're also very fortunate because we get to go have a lot of conversations with management themselves and, you know, kind of just retest the hypothesis of like, this is what the changes you're planning. This is when it'll come. These are the challenges to making it happen, but this is how we're going to work through it. And, you know, you can get a pretty good playbook in your mind so that even when that short-term volatility is testing your mental fortitude, you've seen the playbook and you have a good, uh, a good idea that there's a pretty, uh, pretty reasonable return on the other side. So, so are, are, are you virtually always dollar cost averaging or, or is there something, as you say, in, in, in when you're interviewing management or when you're, you're, you're continuing to analyze that particular holding, um, do you ever back off from that? Or once you've established that long-term view, are you so confident in it that you just, you just keep buying all the way down? What would, what would, what would sway you one way or the other? You know, very case specific. Like sometimes you learn something, you're like, oh, that's going to take a little bit longer than we thought. So, you know, the market might, you know, deal with that a little bit sooner. And sometimes you go in and you're like, boy, this, this recovery is going to happen a lot faster than we thought. We got to, we got to pick up the pace here. Um, but, you know, generally speaking on an almost any position, uh, you know, we're not tinkering for tinkering's sake, but we're tinkering, uh, you know, to try and improve the odds of the overall portfolio. And, and, and then, and then important to say that, that when something has changed, that you you can definitively see has changed in the leadership of the business, the management, um, in the, the the basic business fundamentals of that business or the industry, you can walk away. There there are times where you buy something with with all the best intent, but you walk away because it's no longer the right investment for you. Correct. Hundred uh, percent. Um, you know, in, in this environment, uh, you know, when when you go through the market environment like we have right now. You tend to plant more seeds. Um, yep. You know the market itself is at not a bad level. Underneath, uh, there's a fair number of stocks that have declined, which presents some opportunity. Uh, you know when the market goes through a period like this, leadership often changes, but we don't know exactly where the new leadership will come from. So you tend to plant more seeds, and then harvest as you go. And you know, kind of doing that process is is uh, is good for a number of things like. You know, any portfolio manager has to be honest with themselves and say, I know I'm going to make mistakes. Yeah. So once you kind of acknowledge that in advance, it's a lot easier to deal with them because you don't have all these, you know, bias in place. Um, and, you know, we know that, you know, as as time progresses, you know, some of those investments are going to turn out better than we thought. So we're going to need to steer more towards them. And, and some may not live up to plan and we'll have to get rid of them. But that's just, you know, that's just part of the process. Yeah, and, and and I ask you that question because I, I know myself. If I was looking at one of the key flaws that I have as an investor, uh, is is that I I don't like to lose. I don't like to lose at anything. That's just a my my character, and and so I I I you know I do all my my analysis. I buy something, it immediately goes down. Um, I just I I'm just I want to hold, and and you know most of the time that works out. But there's sometimes when very clearly 
that that was a loser and and I need to admit that and walk away take the loss and move on to to, to better opportunities and that's that's a, I think a big difference psychologically um, in the way that a professional investment manager manages money versus someone who's you know just m- managing their own portfolio yeah like my my partner Doug would say uh, you don't water the weeds and pull the flowers <laughs> right you yeah. let the flowers blossom and you get rid of the weeds and we know for regular listeners, how much you like to get rid of the weeds, Stu. <laughs> you are you are the 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 weed eater, weed master, whatever we want to <laughs> whatever we want to call you. Uh, you you uh, you you have a weedless lawn, and I and uh, I think most of the time a weedless portfolio. I do my best, Dave. Well, words of wisdom from Stu uh, today on uh, on Stu's day. Stu, uh, always great catching up with you. Uh, thanks for sharing those insights into the way that you, uh, you manage money. Cause I think that stuff is, uh, is really helpful in terms of the way investors think about whether they're buying an individual stock, you're buying a lot of individual stocks or they're buying a, a fund of, of, uh, that that's being managed the way to think about that, those time horizons and at different points in time, how to think about those different time horizons. Fantastic. Well, thanks very much for your time today, Dave and enjoy, uh, Sardinia. You, you, you gotta, you, you gotta try it out, Stu. The wines here are good as well. All right. And and climb the mountain next time. It's good for you. <laughs> if, I, if I climb Mount Netta, I could have had, had a couple more cannoli. That, that's exactly it. You earn, you earn your treats. Pasta, pizza, cannoli. There you go. 100%. Sounds pretty good, Dave. All right, Stu. Catch up with you next week. This recording has been provided by RBC Global Asset Management, Inc., for informational purposes only, and is not intended to be investment or financial advice. You should consult your own legal, accounting, tax, investment, or financial planning advisors before engaging in any transactions.